Bandit's got bum worms. Poor guy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Obsession Bluey, a podcast where I talk about the things I'm obsessed with. And for this season, season one, I'm talking about the hit Australian children's show, Bluey. In this episode, Muffin steals the show. She's so great. Okay, short recap. Bingo is in the hospital and Chili is there with her. She's super bummed out that she has to stay for another night, but then dad sends a video to them. Bluey, Bandit, Stripe, Trixie, Muffin, Socks, Mackenzie, and Lucky all made a video for Bingo to make her feel a little less alone. It's the tale about finding underpants from someone who has never been sick. This is actually a Buddhist tale and offers some wise advice. Bingo learns that she is not alone in her sickness and frustration and Bluey and the rest of the gang just do an immaculate job at comforting Bingo. The episode opens up showing us some balloons and a get well card soon, and we see Bingo just sitting in a hospital bed. Already, my heart is breaking. Chili is next to her and the doctor is behind her asking to take a deep breath. There, there's a few things going on in the scene that I want to talk about just from the get-go. The first is that the doctor is a terrier. So a side note, but I feel like she's the mom to the terrier trio, right? I'm not too sure, but that's my best guess right now. The second is that Chili is the one who is at the hospital with Bingo. Remember in the second episode of the series, Bandit explained that he doesn't like hospitals. So Chili is taking one for the team right now and is just going, and she's doing a really cool job of looking out for her husband. She's doing a great great thing here. Bandit doesn't like hospitals, so she volunteers to go to the hospital. The third is, I am terrified for Bingo. They never say why she has to go, so it's actually scary that they want to keep her at the hospital overnight. Like, we don't really know what she has. Um, there could be something simple that the doctor is just using precaution with, but there could also be something more serious that's going on. I have a few theories. The first, maybe Bingo has coronavirus. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that though, because she's not wearing a mask and no one else is wearing a mask around her. So I don't think that's it. So cancel that one out. The second is I think it's a bit sadder. I think Bingo might have Lyme disease. A few episodes ago, they said that they needed to check for ticks after they went to the creek and Maybe they saw a deer tick attached to Bingo, so they plucked it, hoping nothing would happen, but then Bingo developed flu-like symptoms, and hopefully they caught it early enough that she won't have to deal with it much in her life after this, but I just hate seeing Bingo in a hospital bed. It breaks my heart to see her in this hospital bed. I am not going to lie. I was like tearing up just seeing her in this hospital bed, her cute little self just sitting there in this massive bed. Ugh. Bingo takes a deep breath here for her doctor. The doctor commends her on taking a good deep one. And then Bingo looks over to her mom and asks her to ask the doctor if they can go home yet. Chili asks the doctor as the doctor walks around the bed. And <sighs> the snickin' doctor says they're going to keep her for one more night just to make sure she's all right. I hate that. Bingo then curls up a bit and hugs her knee, telling her mom, I want to go home. 
And Shilly, in a slightly depressed kind of way, strokes her head and says, I know, kid. Me too. And the way she says it just makes me think that they are tired and worn out and just want to go home. But it also makes me think that whatever Bingo has is serious because Chili actually looks concerned. <sighs> Bingo goes on to tell her mom that it's not fair. And I think that she wouldn't really say that if it were a cold or a flu or something. Again, I think this is why it's something more serious. Because Bingo is actually saying it's not fair. And she doesn't look symptomatic. She looks like she's got something else going on and might have been diagnosed with something a bit more serious. I, again, I, I, that's why I don't think it's just something as simple as a cold. This one hurts too, but I think the creators of the show just keep it pretty vague because parents cannot actually fill in the gap with their kids and tell them about whatever sickness or illness they have. So it's actually a brilliant little ploy by the writers here. Keep it vague. And this allows parents to then talk to their kids about whatever sickness or illness that they have. That it's not fair, but other people are dealing with this right along with them. Um, and it's tragic that Bingo might have some kind of debilitating illness for the rest of her life. I don't even want to think about that. And I know that she's a trooper, but we know from this episode that she's not alone. Chili actually looks scared here when she responds with a, yeah, I guess it isn't, but here we are. They're both saved from any extra talking when the tablet buzzes, though. And honestly, people are always poo-pooing when we use technology to numb things that are happening, but I think sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes we need a distraction because we will drive ourselves crazy here thinking about the what-ifs and just thinking about what's going to happen to us in terrible situations like that. So a little video, a little bit of technology is good to numb some of the thoughts that we might have that might flutter out into this crazy thought process. Chili picks up the tablet when it buzzes and she says, oh look, dad sent us a message. It's a video. And Bingo just replies with an absolutely cute, can I push play? And Chili, for the first time in this episode, really loosens up because she sees Bingo is still Bingo. I think she's happy about that. She sees her daughter, while she might be sad, isn't really changing. She is still cute little Bingo. And Chili says this, yeah, go on. And she hands over the tablet to Bingo. Bingo presses play and the tablet begins with the title sequence of the episode where Bluey lets us know that this episode of Bluey is called Bumpy and the Wise Old Wolfhound. One of the best titles of any Bluey episode that I've ever heard. This is my favorite title. My, my niece loved this episode and uh, she asked me if I had seen this one episode and usually Bluey episodes are called bike, work, hospital, you know, like simple things like that. And she goes, have you ever seen the episode Bumpy and the Wise Old Wolfhound? I was like, that's an episode of Bluey? That's ridiculous. But I love the title. It's probably my favorite title so far. Um, the video starts with the camera going out of focus. So we're back onto the iPad video here. And... It is shaking, the whole camera shaking, and it zooms into Bluey wearing purple underpants. It's a homemade movie by the gang at home. Bluey introduces herself saying, hi, I'm Barnicus. So keep that in mind. Bluey is Barnicus in this episode because we don't want that to get confusing. The shot moves back to Bingo, getting excited. She says, it's Bluey, and she giggles up a storm here. We get back into the movie and Bluey introduces the story even more but now in a narrator voice in the movie. She says, once there was a young lady named Barnicus. 
Bingo giggles a little bit more here. She rolls her eyes too and she says, Barnacus. And I just want to note here how important it is that Bluey has named herself Barnacus. Bingo has always been the one to pick out crazy names in a different game that they play. In most games, she always wants to pick some random name. It's like honestly become a Bingo staple. Bluey almost never does that. She's always just Bluey. So in this moment, the family know that Bingo likes random names and Bluey picked out a random name just to make Bingo laugh a little bit while in the, in the hospital. It's a small gesture, but honestly, the smallest gestures are ones that matter the most. I could talk about that one for a while. We'll talk about that one in the story too. But Bluey does a fantastic job of just trying to put a smile on her sister's face. The camera slowly zooms in into the iPad screen until the screen is the only thing that we see and we are immersed into the movie. She explains further that what Barnacus wanted more than anything else in the world was a puppy. So this is the plot for the movie so far. Barnacus wants a puppy. The next scene in the movie goes on to this market kind of place, which is the playroom, where Bandit is the clerk or the shopkeeper. Barnacus walks into the frame, a big smile on her face, a cheesy one from being in front of camera, that kind of smile. And Bandit gives her some wooden carrots and says, here are your carrots, Barnacus. <laughs> then Bluey transitions this idea here and she says, these carrots are nice, but what I really want is a puppy. <laughs> this line was hilarious to me because it just reminded me so much of some people in my life who will always steer the conversation to something that they think or want or like something that they think is important. It's exhausting sometimes, but at least it lets me be able to talk less. <laughs> in response to that, Bandit tells her that she should wish upon a star. Bandit's acting performance is abysmal here. It's actually quite endearing and funny though. Um, after he says this, we get one of those cheesy transitions that is a star that reveals the next scene. And the next scene is Bluey wishing upon a star that is hooked up to a string. Then all of a sudden, the backdrop, which is a, a bed sheet, half falls down and reveals Bandit behind it with a stick that the string is attached to, that the star is attached to. <laughs> it's a low-budget film, but this low-budget film is perfect so far. In the next scene, Bluey wakes up and discovers that a puppy has appeared, and she is now the proud owner of a puppy. But it's not the puppy that she wants because it's rabid socks. And I will have proof that... Socks actually does have rabies in a few minutes. <laughs> Socks is fighting with the arms that are holding her. Um, so in this scene, their arms just holding Socks out because Socks can't stand still. And Bluey is like, oh, great, I have a puppy. And Socks is biting and gnawing at these arms that are holding her. He bites the hand and we hear Stripe's voice so that we can assume it's Uncle Stripe's hand. And we get a cut scene and a beep signaling they're trying something new. It's like one of those blooper reel scenes. The next scene is Bluey holding Socks, but the hand is extended still, and this time it's just feeding Socks a cookie. Much better tactic, except it looks like there's chocolate chips in this cookie, which I thought were bad for dogs. <laughs> no clue if that's true, but Bluey says that she's going to call this new puppy Bumpy. So this is the first character in the title sequence. We get Bumpy, but we don't know who the wise old wolfhound is yet. The next scene cuts to Bingo, giggling again at this name, Bumpy. This time we have a nurse who is at Bingo's bed who is slipping a blood pressure thing onto Bingo's arm. She looks on and asks why everyone is wearing purple underpants. <laughs> In this moment too, Bingo doesn't care about that. 
Her arm is up, but she's focused on this movie, which shows the power of distraction yet again. We cut back into the movie where Bluey narrates that Barnicus and Bumpy did everything together. They walk up to the markets and ask for a carrot. This is their first little sequence of doing stuff together. Socks takes one look at Bandit's legs, who is the shopkeeper, and runs for it, chomping on it and legitimately hurting Bandit. This dog needs puppy training badly. <laughs> and as she's chewing on Bandit's leg and Bandit is screaming, the camera gets knocked over and we barely see Uncle Stripe running into the frame before we're on to the next scene. But before we get there, Bingo, Chili, and the nurse all laugh at that scene. The next one is one of my favorites. <laughs> one of the funnier scenes in Bluey that I think I've ever seen to date. Barnicus and Bumpy are off for a walk. Barnicus is actually skipping and Bumpy is on the back. The camera is following them as they're skipping in the grass. Then Bumpy stops and the camera keeps following Barnicus. And right before Bumpy gets out of frame, we see her squatting like a dog and trying her hardest to force out a poo. <laughs> we don't see anything else because she gets knocked out of frame just in time. It is such a funny moment of animation and video editing here. It's perfect. And this whole scene, we get an important bit of narration as Louis says, finally, Barnicus was happy. So she got the thing that she wanted and was really enjoying it and just living life to the fullest, invincible and on top of the world. But the next morning has a surprise in store for Barnicus. She wakes up and finds that Bumpy is sick. Barnicus is not having a great time that her puppy is sick. But we also have another bit of effects in the scene that is hilarious, low budget, and just a solid bit of filmmaking here. Barnicus is sitting in bed, petting Bumpy, and Stripe and Bandit are both outside by the window. <laughs> One is holding up a picture of the stars and the other is holding up a picture of the sun. And they walk by the window one after the other. And as soon as you see one person walk by the window with their little like picture of the sun or the moon, they you see them duck behind the other person and get in line again to walk by the window again. So they're showing the passage of time. It's a very creative idea here. But Uncle Stripe trips at the very end and Bandit just looks at him before the scene cuts again. It was a great shot. This is, it is such a funny movie. We then get a shot of Bluey looking at the camera straight on and she says, it's not fair. This is exactly what Bingo said. The scene cuts to Barnicus holding a wrapped up Bumpy because I'm sure Bumpy would not do very well unwrapped as we've all seen. And she brings Bumpy to Lucky who is wearing purple underpants and fishing in a small little kiddie pool. We get no words. Lucky just shakes his head. Barnicus is looking for help and Lucky cannot help. She then goes to Mackenzie, who is hammering a fence with a blow-up hammer. He is looking straight at the camera. Not a great actor here. Lucky was a good actor. Mackenzie, not so much. Mackenzie shakes his head, showing that he, too, can't help. Then there's also a funny moment in the narration when Bluey says that Barnicus went everywhere to try to find help for socks. <laughs> she then corrects herself and says, I mean Bumpy. <laughs> she then goes to the shopkeeper and I might have forgotten to mention this but all the characters so far are wearing purple underpants Barnicus goes to the shopkeeper and asks for help but the shopkeeper only knows how to sell carrots we get another fun transition of like stripes going horizontal to wipe the shot off so the next one can come on and we have the person who absolutely steals the show in this episode Muffin Muffin is the baker. She is a terrible actor, which makes it so much funnier. 
She looks scared at first, then cracks a smile. She's standing in a cushion and she's stirring something in a very nice looking vase. We cut out of the movie here to see Chili looking like she wants to grab Muffin out of the screen. And she says, oh no, Muffin, that's my good vase. Vase or vase? That's the question. But from this line alone, we know that the vase is toast because it's her good vase and because Muffin is the one that's using it. So we know this thing's gonna break. But back into the movie, Barnicus walks into the frame and Muffin waves saying, hi, Bluey, did you want pancakes? <laughs> we come back out of the movie to see Bingo giggling and she corrects Muffin saying, Muffin, her name is Barnicus. Back in the movie, we get Muffin saying, why don't, and she trails off. She looks back at the camera and then she looks at her feet saying, um, we hear that blooper beep and we see Uncle Stripe leaning in and whispering lines to her. <laughs> He's whispering, why don't you try the wise old wolfhound, Barnicus? The shot cuts again with a beep, and then Muffin stirs as she says, why don't you try the wise old wolfhound, Bluey? <laughs> Off screen, we hear a whispered, Barnicus. Then Muffin corrects herself here, saying, Barnicus. <laughs> Bluey notices that's a brilliant idea, thanks the baker, then walks off the screen. Muffin then walks over to the camera, saying, was that all right, Dad? <laughs> the scene then cuts again to a blooper of Muffin saying with vigor and excitement, good luck, Bluey. And what else happens? But she tips over the vase in her excitement and it breaks on the floor. <laughs> Chili is distraught, but Bingo is laughing like crazy. Bandit's face pops into the frame as it goes back into the movie and he asks, we can edit that bit out, right? <laughs> a look of concern terror on his face, knowing that his wife is going to kill him for that one. The scene then cuts to Barnicus running in the backyard with Bumpy. She tells Bumpy not to worry because the wise old wolfhound will be able to help. And the shot widens and we see a beautiful tent set up in the backyard, just with crystals all around it, with little stars all around it. And Barnicus walks in with Bumpy and gasps as she sees Aunt Trixie sitting in lotus position, with a wreath of flowers around her head in absolute peace and harmony with the world. I would like to pause here just one second to say that I think Stripe and Trixie really are Buddhists. Their house was decorated in a lot of Buddhist art and I thought that this might be the case in the pool episode that they were Buddhists, but I think this is confirmed in this episode because the tail and the task that Aunt Trixie, AKA the wise old wolfhound says, is a very popular story in Buddhism about not being alone in your difficulty. I honestly think that while Bingo was sick in the hospital, Trixie and Stripe came over to talk about the tale and they wanted to make a movie um, about it to make Bingo feel better. I actually think Bluey maybe wanted to make the movie and Stripe and Trixie were just telling the story to Bluey just to make Bluey feel a little bit better so that maybe Bluey can make uh, Bingo feel better. But again, this show has no outright religion in it, but I think the subtle things about religion are really interesting. And I do think we have confirmed Buddhists in the Bluey universe in Stripe and Trixie. Back in the movie though, the little photo booth effect comes on where the person is all sorts of different colors and there are nine versions of them like the Brady Bunch. And you know what I'm talking about if you've had a first generation iPad with photo booth on it. <laughs> the scene transition transitions with that and we get the wise old wolfhound waving at Barnicus who just walked in. Bingo loves this and giggles as she notices that it's Aunt Trixie. Barnicus walks into the tent further and asks the wise old wolfhound to help heal Bumpy. The wolfhound says that she's not a puppy doctor. 
But Bluey pleads with her. Please, can you magic him better? She pleads even more. And the wolfhound agrees, saying, perhaps there is a way that I can help. Words are important here. And Trixie is going to help Barnicus get understanding, but not necessarily help Bumpy get better. Notice in this scene, too, that the music is a lot of chimes and angels. It's like very kind of trippy and like, uh, yeah, it's like a little trippy here. The wolfhound then gives Barnicus instructions. She says, bring me a pair of purple underpants. And immediately the movie cuts. Bluey says, okay, stands up, pops off her pair of purple underpants, then holds them up to the wolfhound to take. <laughs> the scene cuts to the hospital where Bingo is cackling. And Chili and the nurse both say that she now understands the purple underpants. The nurse is still watching, by the way. This film is that good. Back in the movie, the wolfhound slows Barnicus down, telling her that she's not finished with her instructions. She tells Barnicus that she needs a pair of purple underpants from someone who has never been sick. Barnicus thinks for a second as the wolfhound asks if she's ever been sick. Barnicus confesses that she had a runny nose last year and the wolfhound says that the underpants need to come from someone else then. But Barnicus is feeling optimistic. She pops her purple underpants back on, picks up Bumpy and says she'll get some purple underpants from someone in town. Her first stop is the shopkeeper. She runs in and explains the situation, saying that the wolfhound is going to help and that she needs a pair of purple underpants. Bandit agrees, wanting to do anything to help Bumpy. He stands up and pops off his purple underpants immediately. <laughs> and back at the hospital, Bingo is in hysterics over here and Chili and the nurse just look a little disgusted. Barnicus takes the purple underpants and just as she's about to leave, she stops and says, wait, I forgot to ask, have you ever been sick? And in another hilarious moment, Bandit sits down and whips his face over to the camera and says, I've got bum worms. <laughs> and it's one of those dun-dun-dun scenes as the camera zooms straight into his face. And back at the hospital, Bingo gasps. Chili face palms and the nurse laughs. The nurse is keyed into this movie. She loves it. Bingo is getting really into it too, holding the iPad and in this moment, she says she can't use those pants. Barnicus, back in the movie, hands the underpants to Bandit and runs off saying that she'll have to try someone else's. The shopkeeper wishes her good luck as Bandit runs off screen. Stripe says, cut, and Bandit then half stands up and starts itching his bum for half a second, making us believe that he might actually have bum worms. <laughs> <laughs> Bluey then runs to the baker who is now stirring things out of a wide brim safari hat. There is a broom with shards of the vase on the floor in the background, the remnants of that beautiful favorite vase of chilies. Barnicus asks the baker lady if she's ever been sick. The shot moves into Muffin who says, yes, I was sick, yes, Lear. The camera beeps. Muffin tries again. I was sick, yes, Lear. <laughs> the camera beeps again. Muffin then says, I was sick last week. <laughs> and we know that Uncle Stripe changed the script so that it was a bit easier for Muffin to say. Amazing moment. Like, you know everything that's happening behind the scenes. It is such a perfect episode here. Muffin truly steals the show in this one. She then smiles at the camera and she says, I had wabies. 
<laughs> this is my proof that Socks is rabies and is actually a rabid dog. I think Socks bit Muffin so badly that she got infected with rabies last year, not last week, and that she just got over it. This is also proof as to why Socks acts so poorly around other people. She is a rabid dog. <laughs> but Barnicus then goes off running and Muffin yells out, bye Bluey. And then from off camera, we hear Bluey yell out, Barnicus. <laughs> the narrator then tells us that Barnicus went all over the land trying to find someone who had never been sick. But she couldn't find a single person. The music kicks in here with this piano and these voices just singing like angels here. We get a shot of Barnicus sitting on the steps with Bumpy in her arms, and she's very bummed out that she can't find a single person with purple underpants who's never been sick. She says again that this is not fair, and she sits looking a bit bummed before she gasps at the most dramatic gas that we've ever seen in the Blue Universe, and the narrator comes in saying, and then Barnicus realized what the wise old wolfhound was trying to teach her. Everyone gets sick sometimes, not just Bumpy. And the scene cuts back to the hospital here. And we get the frame so that it's just Chili and Bingo here. We hear Bluey speak over the iPad saying, being sick is just a part of life. Chili sniffles, looking like she's about to cry. So proud that Bluey cares enough for her sister here. <laughs> it's honestly making me tear up a bit now just thinking about it. It has just this proud parenting moment when you see your kids spending this much time trying to comfort people and make them feel better. And I think Chili feels that here. She's so proud of Bluey. Back in the movie, Barnicus is now with Bumpy on the bed. The narrator says, from then on, Barnicus stopped thinking that it wasn't fair that Bumpy was sick. She read books to Bumpy, and the window scene changes to a sunny day here as Bluey reads a book to, so to uh, Socks. Um, and the narrator goes on. She did coloring, and the scene then is outside, and the window is night, and Bluey is coloring, and Socks is chewing something up. And the narrator goes on and watch cartoons together, and the scene outside is day now, and Bluey and Socks are both watching something on the iPad. The narrator keeps going. Till one morning, she awoke to find Bumpy all better. And the music kicks in here and everyone watching is crying. I am crying at this part. But the hospital gang, nurse still watching, all cheer and celebration. And in the movie, the entire cast are now standing outside the house in purple underpants as the narrator says, the end. And the whole crew bow and say in unison, see you tomorrow, bingo. Oh, literally, this is so beautiful. The scene gets chaotic, though. <laughs> Socks gets loosed and starts running, and she chews on Bandit's leg. He gets knocked down, and Socks goes for his bum, Stripe bending down laughing and warning him that he's got bum worms. <laughs> Trixie's just laughing at this with Mackenzie and Lucky, and Bluey looks scared. <laughs> and Muffin got knocked, so her baker's hat is over her eye, and she's just running around bumping into Bluey. Oh, my goodness. Muffin, you are so good. So, so funny. The scene cuts back to the hospital gang laughing. The music stops and Bingo shouts, again! And then the music kicks back in as the episode ends on this beautiful note of comfort and knowledge that Bingo is not alone in her suffering. It is such a moving episode.
Each episode, I'm going to be talking about the four things that I notice in the episode. Four, because there's four members of the family. <laughs> These are not the most important parts of the show, but they're just things that I really liked. So here we go. Number one, this movie was made with iMovie or some other cheapo video editing software. I think it's iMovie because there were some funny transitions that iMovie just does perfectly and anyone who edits an iMovie knows that it has those transitions. The first is that there was this funny little star transition that we see. It was like on middle schoolers presentations that they do in iMovie. <laughs> the second was that little wipe that we had. It was like a horizontal wipe on both sides. And then the third was when they saw Aunt Trixie. She was glowing like that filter that you can put on an iPads. I don't actually know if you can do it anymore, but a few years ago, it was all the rage in photo booth on the Apple system. I love that the editors and animators here just nailed the feeling of a cheap film editing software. It fits so well. Number two, on Aunt Trixie's toga that she's wearing, there are initials CH which means it's probably Chili's because her initials are Chili Healer CH. So all the props that they're borrowing, they just look like they took them from Chili's room, which is probably a little annoying if you're in the hospital with your kid and people are just rifling through your closet and taking the good vase. But Chili does play it off well here, so I commend her for that. Number three, Long Dog is in this episode and I've had a difficult time finding Long Dog in the past few episodes, to be honest. But in this episode, um, Long Dog is in the book that Bluey reads to Socks. Now, Long Dog is usually hidden in all sorts of random spots, um, like all around the house and like in little nooks and crevices. And but this one specific episode, Long Dog is just in a book, so they're trying to trick you. <laughs> but um, this one was an easier find. It was just on a single page. You saw a long dog going across both of them. So this one was like a simpler find than most. In a lot of episodes, long dog is a really, really difficult find. Sometimes I'll watch an episode, honestly, like 10 to 20 times before I spot long dog. And I literally watch every episode of Bluey frame by frame. I will watch like literally one second and then pause it and then look, watch another second, pause it and look. It's I'm nuts about this thing, <laughs> but I haven't been able to find Long Dog in every single episode, so it doesn't matter that much, but Long Dog was an easy one to find in this one. Number four, the intro title sequence is the most unique one in the entire series so far. It's the only one that's different. Um, in it, Bluey is making the movie, so her title sequence, the sequence that she makes in the movie, appears on the iPad that Bingo holds, and then it pushes in to give us a full view of, of uh, Bluey's movie. So... We don't get the entire blue screen of this episode's title sequence. We get Bingo holding the iPad in her lap and we get the title sequence on the iPad. It was really well done, to be honest. The animators, the editors, the writers, honestly, it, this show blows me away how brilliant the people are that write this show. I don't understand how you can write a kid's show with this much depth to it. This, to me, is like the next version of... Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, if any of you saw like the documentary that came out of Mr. Rogers, his show was like ahead of the time and they dealt with subjects that were really difficult to deal with. And I think this show is kind of like that. It takes really difficult topics that kids are dealing with and puts them in good, easy to understand ways. It is so incredible. And just in this little like title sequence, you like 
it's the small little details that make the show so good. I say that all the time, but the details of the show make it so extraordinary. And that was just one that I really liked. Every episode of Bluey, we're going to talk about the theme of the episode. And the theme of this episode of Bluey is company. What a beautiful idea here, too. Honestly, this episode hurt me the most. Anytime Bingo is suffering, I am in actual pain. In the bike episode, which is still my favorite episode, when she couldn't get a drink and her ears dropped, I think my heart shattered into a million pieces. And here it hurt because we don't know what she's going through, but it seems to be serious. And in just a, in just an incredible moment of sistering, Bluey helps her sister out in just a wise and compassionate and beautiful way. There is a stark difference between telling another person that everyone gets sick and telling another sick person this story. The first is just a blunt way. It's like, get over yourself kind of thing. Telling this story is a way to let the person know that they are not alone though. So this story just holds a lot more power to it. It's not meant to diminish the person's issues like so many people try to do with suffering. Someone that I follow on uh, Twitter tweets out a single tweet every once in a while. She says, suffering is not a competition. And it honestly feels (laughs) like a competition sometimes. I remember when I was younger and I had thought I hadn't been through that much, it felt like my experiences had been cheapened. And I made the suffering that I went through really dramatic because I wanted to feel important because the people that suffered the most were the ones that felt important. And we do this all the time. When someone is sick, other people try to outdo them in their sickness. Like, it's ridiculous. With whatever you're dealing with, you're trying to outdo one another and what they're dealing with. If someone says, I have diabetes oh, well, at least it's not cancer. You know, it's like these ridiculous little things that we say to people. And all the time in little communities, people are fighting over who is sicker, who is suffering more, who has a harder life. But this story tries to stop that in a really profound way. It explains to Bingo that it doesn't matter the sickness. Bumworms, rabies, a runny nose. Everyone has been through some kind of sickness and knows in part what it means to suffer. You are not alone in your suffering, and that is an immeasurable comfort. Sometimes I think we do want to feel alone in our suffering. I I thought that sometimes before I had cancer. There was one specific time that I was talking to one of my friends, and I was talking to her about some of the difficult times that I've been through, and like uh, I was talking to her about one specific moment, and she just kind of made a comment. Uh, yeah, I think everyone kind of goes through something like that. I think everyone has dealt with that. I remember actually getting upset and thinking that not everyone goes through that because it's me. I go through that. My issues are unique to me. And I remember when that happened, I was like, no, I want my suffering to be unique and to be my own. I don't want other people to understand this or other people to go through this because I'm important. But when I had cancer, there were people who had suffered who could be a real comfort to me. And I'll talk about more of this in my um, story for the day, but people didn't have to speak any words of comfort. And this is a weird thing because in this episode, while they do speak words of comfort, they're trying to communicate a story. Um, But you don't have to say things to people in their time of struggling and in their time of difficulty. 
it's just a comfort, and especially when I had cancer, it's just a comfort to me to know that other people had gone through some of the same things that I had been through. And that the situation that I was going through was not unique to myself. And I think this is something that all of us need to know. That we are not alone in our suffering. That these things that we're going through, other people have gone through them. And other people might have gone through them to lesser degrees. And there's, there's, there are for sure different degrees of what people go through and how people suffer and everything like that. But the best comfort that I think you can be to people is not saying anything. Just sitting with a person in their difficulty. Because sometimes the words that we say can fall utterly short and we could say something terrible. Now, it's not saying that you shouldn't say anything. I think there is a time and a place to say something. But sometimes the best thing you can do is to know that you're, or just to let a person know that you're there for them. To let a person know that they're not alone in their suffering. And this story does that very well. And this is a common story that's taught in Buddhism too. Um, this episode of Bluey follows it really well, this this exact story from um, Buddhism. And I'm reading from Wikipedia here, but it, this is the story of Kisa Gotami. Wikipedia says, Kisa Gotami was the wife of a wealthy man of uh, Savati. Her story is one of the more famous ones in Buddhism. After losing her only child, Kisa Gotami becomes desperate and asked if anyone could help her. Her sorrow was so great that many thought that she had lost her mind. An old man told her to see the Buddha. The Buddha told her that he could bring the child back to life if she could find white mustard seeds from a family where no one had died. She went desperately from house to house, but to her disappointment, she could not find a house that had not suffered the death of a family member. Finally, the realization struck her that no house is free from mortality. Words that we say will rarely be a comfort to people who are going through tough times. I think they can help sometimes, but I know that for me, they don't. When people try to encourage me in my suffering and my sorrow, I honestly cannot stand it. <laughs> but it's enough for me to know that someone else has gone through the same things that I'm going through and that I'm not alone in my suffering and that I'm not alone in my sorrow. That there is no house free from suffering. Now, as a side note, this is where I disagree with Buddhism, Buddhism that the solution to this, according to the Buddha, is to eliminate all passions and attachments because suffering only happens when you desire something and don't get it or it lets you down. I think we should actually run the opposite way of that. <laughs> that we should love so deeply that it crushes us when those people are gone. And while not everyone is religious or holds faith, I do. And I know that I will see those people again that I love. And it hurts in the moment. But I don't grieve like the rest of people who have no hope. I know that I'm going to see them again. And I know that the faith that I have helps me understand that everyone goes through tough times. And that God himself understands the difficult times that we go through. There won't always be answers. And for me, I kind of believe there will never be answers for our suffering but it is enough to know that I am not alone, that other humans know what I am going through, that God himself knows what I'm going through, and that we can bring comfort to others and comfort to ourselves with that fact. Bluey and the whole family did a beautiful thing by spending their day making this movie for Bingo. Love people so much that you do this for them. 
Love people so much that you make it your aim to make them feel less alone. Because whether people want to admit it or not, it's not great for humans to be alone. Even if you love being alone, like myself, long periods of aloneness will crush you. So embrace relationships with one another. Embrace love and passions and desires. Those things might disappoint you, but know that you're not alone. Each episode, we are going to award the best in show for the episode. And the best in show for this episode of Bluey is Bluey. Muffin is a close second because she's hilarious in this episode. Bingo is a close third just for her flat out cuteness. Chili is a close fourth for her being with Bingo. And fifth to Bandit because we just feel bad that he has bum worms. <laughs> so I think while Stripe and Trixie were likely the two people who brought this story to Bluey, Bluey seems like the mastermind behind it all. She seems like the director. She seems like she was the one who set things up. So I can kind of imagine this is like the situation that goes on in my mind, that when Bingo was in the hospital or when Bingo went to the hospital, the whole gang came over to the house to comfort each other. And I think Bluey was distraught. Bluey was just trying to find some way to help or some way to understand this. And Tri Stripe and Trixie, being Buddhists, told her this story and Bluey did the rest. But Bluey did an amazing job as a sister here. It is truly an incredible thing what she did for her sister. She made this entire movie for her, thought about her the whole day trying to make this movie perfect so that Bingo can understand that she's not alone. I think it was one of her best episodes. It shows how much love she has for Bingo. It shows her creativity and her actual decent proclivity toward acting. I love how dedicated she was in this role and just her huge desire to help her sister. Like thinking about this episode brings me to tears. It is a beautiful one. And Bluey really deserves this award. Bluey really helps me remember moments in my life. And it usually helps me remember moments in my childhood. But this one helped me remember some of the difficult times that I've been through. And some of the best ways that people comforted me. I just want to share a few of those. Um, because... Again, I think one of the biggest things that we can know in our suffering and in our difficulty is that we are not alone. And I've talked about this before, but I did have cancer. Um, I had melanoma and initially the prognosis didn't look very good, but I ended up, um, my prognosis ended up being great and I just needed some immediate surgery, um, no radiation, no chemotherapy or anything like that. So I was very lucky. Um, some people aren't so lucky and uh, that breaks me. Um, but I was lucky and... In the, in the time that I had this, um, there was a bunch of people in my life who um, were just sad for me. And they were like, when you hear news about someone you care about who has cancer or who has something wrong with them, um, it's sad. It hurts. And so there was a lot of people who were sad that I had cancer and uh, that things might not go great because mortality rates for melanoma are not very great. Um, or mortality rates are very high. <laughs> the survival rates are not very great. But there was a few people that comforted me in really um, great ways when I had cancer. Um, and I think you have to know each person differently. Different people do want different ways of comfort. For some people, like just talking to them about their, the whole process can really be a comfort. But I, I don't know actually, actually if that's true for most people. I don't know of mo I don't know of anybody really who just wants to regale stories about what they're going through or have to explain it to everybody. And this is something that I say all the time. But 
Um, when you are sick, you have you end up having to be a comfort for other people. Other people want to know the, the answers to their, the question of why this is happening to you. And you end up having to s- explain the story over and over again, like talk to people who are crying and everyone in pain. And um, there's a lot of difficult situations that pop up in this. But there were... Um, there was one particular one that I really loved because when you have these kind of things, again, you have to explain to other people everything. People want to know the details, which is a, it's an endearing thing. Like people want to know what's going on in your life. They want to know all the details behind a story, but that gets exhausting, especially for me who I don't really like to talk all that much. And I'd rather just sit in silence and I'd rather not explain a whole lot about the things that are happening. But that happened time after time after time after time because you just go into certain situations, someone sees you and they're like, oh my gosh, tell me everything. Like, how are you doing? All that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so exhausting. But one of my family members, my cousin actually, um, she didn't call me. She didn't text me. And I hate texting. I hate calling. I don't want to ever talk on the phone. She did something that is one of the most common things that you can do. But no one else did this. She sent me a card. And in the card, she just said something like, I don't even remember exactly what she said, but she just said, I am so sorry about what you're going through. We are here for you. We're praying for you. Um, And that was it. It wasn't like, write me back, explain these situations to me. It was just a card letting me know that they are with me in my suffering. They're with me in my pain. They're with me in my frustration and annoyance. And that meant so much to me. That was incredible. Like, I remember reading that and being like, this is my favorite thing that I got when someone talked to me when I had cancer. It was the best. There were other things that other people did that were great, but everyone still wanted the story. Um, And like you have to kind of regale people with the stories and all that kind of stuff. But um, we're in the era of coronavirus also. And I had coronavirus um, almost a year and a half ago. Um, I had coronavirus kind of when it just started the peak. and it was getting a little bit bad, but I had it. And I remember there were two people, a couple who rather than text me, cause again, I hate texting. And I had so many people texting me, asking me for updates and giving me home remedies and all this other stuff that I hate. But this one couple, they just did a simple thing. They left um, a Trader Joe's vegetable soup on my doorstep with bread. And they texted me after they left saying, hey, we just left some food for you on your doorstep. Um, We don't know if you're going to like it or not, but that's it. They didn't stick around to like talk to me from a distance or anything like that. They just said, hey, there's food. We don't want to know anything else that's going on. Um, They cared about me, obviously, but they cared about me in in the right way. Because for me, I don't want to have to regale people with the story of how I got it, all that kind of stuff. They just kind of said that, it was a gesture gesture that showed me that they were there. They were there for me, that they were thinking about me, that they they knew that I wasn't going through that alone, that I was going through that with them, um, even though they didn't have coronavirus. But I think it's those moments of like, like deep thoughtfulness for another person rather than texting a person and asking, oh, hey, are you doing okay? Thinking sometimes outside of the box for what a person actually and truly needs. Because I think one thing that we do is we comfort people in the way that we want to get comfort. So I do the same thing. 
Because I don't want to receive texts, I usually don't text people when they're going through difficult times. And that's probably not the best because some people do want texts. You have to know the individual really well and you have to be able to know how they want to be comforted. And you should comfort them in that way. And I think that was exhibited in those two stories. I think those two people knew me well enough that they knew how to comfort me. So that's my um, piece of advice here. That's my story. I think we should comfort people just like Bluey knew exactly how to comfort Bingo. She came up with silly names. She came up with this huge, beautiful story. And Bluey just showed a lot of beautiful um, like ability to comfort her sister. She loves her sister so much and it was so touching to see that so that's what we should take away from this episode we are not alone in our suffering we are not alone in our suffering we are not alone anyway i'll be seeing you thanks again for listening to this episode I am coming out with an episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. These episodes are so fun to make because I love watching Bluey so much. Honestly, every time I finish an episode, I get giddy with excitement to watch the next episode. (laughs) It's the best. I love watching a a new episode because I don't watch these ahead of time. I'm watching them in sequence. I have no spoilers or anything like that. I think the next episode that I'm watching is something like Backpackers, and I love backpacking, so I'm pumped for that episode. I'm going to watch it in like 10 minutes. But if you want, please read, uh, leave me a review um, and a rating. Rate me whatever you think this podcast deserves. Zero stars, one stars, two, three, four, five. I would love a good rating. Um, and then please review this podcast too. I would love some more reviews just to get some good feedback on what is going well in this podcast, what's not going well, just to hear what you guys think. Um, so yeah, do those two things. That's all I got for you today. Um, I hope you have a great day. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, I love talking about Bluey. It's the best show in the world. And I can't wait to talk about this more.